The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Rob, do your thing. It's me, it's me, it's the ROB, mobbing once again with two dudes who are later than Bret Hart going to a WWE house show right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. (laughs) Don't know how to respond to that one, but I am Lee Walker. I am Alex Todd. And yes, outside of your window falling down, we were doing this about an hour ago, so... You know, I was I was all set up, and I heard a loud crash. And uh, when it's your when it when it comes from your man cave, that's the part that's like focused. Everything else, like literally, goes out the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's where Lee keeps all of well, all of the figures that he doesn't have stored on top of the bar before the show starts. But uh, that's where he keeps all the rest of them that are all signed. So not a good window to have crash down. Yeah, no, that was uh, it was a little dramatic. Not gonna lie, like anything was not thought of after that it was just make sure the figures are are all right uh luckily i keep everything in cases um a couple of figures did fall no damage but uh oh, everything, right. every, everything was good i just had to put the window back in i forgot to uh it's a crank out window so i forgot mm-hmm. to uh hook the things back to the window and this and that and sure enough now she was it is what it is. But Rob, you and I had one heck of a weekend last weekend at a big event and showcase of Legend 6. Man, did we ever. We had the inspiration for a uh, couple of meet and greets and talk about hectic. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, <laughs> don't put promoters out there if you're listening don't put rick flair and the inspiration in the same vicinity of each other because lines crash oh no we had really long lines so didn't rick flair but the problem was there was no space from our table to the tables across from us which was uh, Fandango, Brian Myers were across from us. And even like the tables on the side of us, uh, they had Shannon Moore and Deborah. And I felt bad because our line like was at their table. Like no Yo, one could meet, no one could meet <laughs> Shannon or Deborah because of our line. And same thing with like Fandango and, and Myers, Rick Flair's line. Like it, that's all you could fit between the tables was just two lines. That was it. You couldn't fit anybody else. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. If it wasn't for Todd, who, who uh, was Vince McMahon's old bodyguard um, back in when they were doing house shows all over the place, he would, he would always be the guy that guarded Vince. Um, and he's a very, he's a very large guy, um, six foot eight, 390 pounds easily. Um, he created that barrier that we needed and that the girls desperately needed um, so that we could get done what we needed done. And, and he basically, when he extended his arms, he was the eight foot table that we had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, there was no, there was no moving around. It was just, it was very tough at the big event. Um, 
it was a bigger venue than what they've done in years past, but it was still, it was too cramped because also on the same side, you had DDP who had a long line, Kevin Nash, who had a long line. And I believe Bully Ray was on our side too, I think. Yeah. You know, so like there was a lot of big stars in a small amount of room, which it didn't work. Thankfully, JBL was in there. JBL was in yeah, there. JBL Ron was Simmons in there. was in there. You know, Velvet was in there. So, I mean, cramped is the best way to describe it. And thankfully, I didn't have to smell any <laughs> poor body hygiene, which was nice. Because <laughs> uh, at these conventions, that's what you deal with all the time. I Showcase. Think I think they should just mist in like Febreze through like, you know, the air conditioning <laughs> vents. If they right. could figure out a way to just mist that in there, that'd be perfect. Tell me about it. I was walking through Walmart earlier today and there was this guy wearing a two CW shirt and uh, I could just by looking at him, I could tell what he smelled like. Ugh. <laughs> That's rough. That's yeah, rough. It's a rough time. Guys, another note. Well, you guys are talking about that. We're finally reunited. Yes. Yeah. It's been a while. We uh, we've all had some shit going on. I had some some good news, some bad news in between the past couple of weeks. You guys have been gone out of town. We're all back though. And then Boys we went back to town. And then we went to Albany. Yes, Albany was much better, more controlled. We had the, the guardrails, which was nice. You know, we the, had the stage behind us, which was the, even better. We got to display the all important perched on the top rope banner that, that we've banner been waiting awesome. for. Fans, you can see all the photos of all those who met the inspiration <laughs> at Showcase of Legends on our Facebook perched on the top rope. Shout out to Chris with his 18 month year old. That's an inside joke for the perched on a top rope nation. Too soon, too soon. (laughs) No, you know, I think that event, I it was the the crowd was more controlled and and everything. It was it was nice. Um got to meet some other stars like Braun Strowman and EC3. That was that was fun for me anyway. But um little Derek Bakeman. Next, we have Karrion Cross and Scarlet, February 6th, Baltimore, for the Baltimore Celeb Fest 3. Fans, you can go to eventbrite.com. Make sure you get the tickets for Karrion Cross and Scarlet. It will be the first event at which they are appearing together. I believe the night before, uh, now on the 5th, Karrion is actually wrestling. That's my understanding. Yes. yes. So... Lee, so by that you mean you mean you'll have Carrion and Rob will take care of Scarlet, correct? That is exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, you know, uh uh Alex, you weren't you weren't around for the conversation that I had with Lee when I was talking with Scarlet about doing the uh the Baltimore show. And the imagine. funniest thing was I introduced myself as Rob from Perched on the Top Rope not Rob from WWE because I didn't know how much heat that would garner me. <laughs> and she said, Oh, I know you, I know your show. Oh, no. And I was like, really you listen. And she goes, every time you mentioned NXT, you had my picture in the banner in the background and, and, Oh um, no. Yeah. So, um, and I, you know, I wasn't going to lie. Yes, I did. Um, there it is, you know, so Scarlett, if you're listening, there you are once again, 
um, and I'll try and use my head to block out that awful company. Um, but yes, uh, Scarlet will be appearing at Baltimore Celeb Fest. Yeah, you know, it, it, here's the hard thing. We know that they were just recently released, but it, it appears as though we have another round of releases yet again. Yet again. Al, you have the names. Who are the unfortunate souls that got their walking papers and the best of luck in their future endeavors? All right, guys. So uh, what was it, two two days ago? Three? Thursday w- night. Thursday night. WWE announced, uh, well, they didn't announce it. Sean Ross Sapp, who's usually pretty good on these releases, uh, announced another crop of release talent from WWE. This time, unfortunately, we lost Ashante, Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, top dollar, being the remaining three members of Hit Row. We lost Drake Maverick for the second time. Uh, Jackson Riker, who got into a little bit of an issue about a year or two ago with some of the boys in the back. Shane Thorne, who, you know, just been kind of floating around. Tegan Knox, which was a little bit of a surprising one for me. And I would say probably the biggest name of this the crop of releases with John Morrison. Well, you knew John probably was going to file suit with his wife, who they released uh, in the last round. Like a week or like a week or two ago. (laughs) Yeah. In the last round of releases, Um, you know, uh, I I, I, other than other than Morrison, I really don't think anybody um, really whacks you in the face like some of these other uh, release rounds that we've had where you've heard Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, guys like that, Scarlet, Karrion Cross, names like that that really just punch you right in the face. Um, you know, none of these really stood out. And, and you know, looking at it from both sides, anybody that's followed Ty of Valkyrie um, uh, on social media, which is Morrison's wife, she was extremely displeased with WWE for what they did. But here is where social media becomes a problem and why, you know, and this is not only in wrestling, but in real life, when people watch the news and they only watch one specific channel of news, you only get one specific version. When you get released and they got each one of these people that got uh, released, coincidentally just signed with the main roster which means you get a 90-day no-compete, which means you get paid for 90 days. So these, all these people are getting basically like unemployment for the next 90 days to figure out what they're going to do in life. So she goes out there and she's like, oh, you released this in the holidays and it's Christmas and it's Thanksgiving and it's this. this. Shut up, you're getting paid. So, you know, there's, there's that side of it. Um, I heard an interview with my good friend, AJ Francis, a.k.a. Top Dollar. Maybe if you had scored that Andre the Giant mask and not come to us with 4,000 bucks, they would have kept you. But alas, I digress. He, on the other hand, is extremely heated. Um, You know, claiming he never got a chance, claiming this, that, and the other thing. I mean, he basically, in in the one interview I heard him do today, he did everything but pull out the race card um, in in why he got, why the, the, the entire team got released. Um, you got released because we have no use for you, okay? And this whole, you know, let's play on the budget cuts thing. What do you want them to say? Would you? Would it be better? And I'll ask you two guys. Would it be better for your job to say, 
you know what, Alex? You fucking suck. So we're going to have to let you go. Or would you like them to say, due to budget cuts, we're going to have to be doing some rearranging around here because we are going to be selling the company shortly. Um, so we're going to have to let you go because your salary just doesn't fall in line with what we need. And we kind of need, we're doing the math and our budget numbers in order to sell. The, the bottom line needs to be up here. And right now we're here. So we got to show a little bit of a profit. So we got to get rid of you. Or would you like us to say you fucking suck? Because in reality, that's really what Johnny Ace, Johnny Ace is doing the political thing. Um, and he and he is the best at it. Um, he is a political scumbag. So, um, you know, all, all these people with the whole let's play on the budget cut thing. Uh, we all know it's not budget cuts. It's they got to make the quarter four earnings look higher than they're actually going to probably come out to be. So therefore, how do you do that? You chop off a couple million dollars of, of payroll. So every quarter expect releases. Exactly. Exactly. Until and and that just goes to show that the numbers aren't where they should be. Um, you know, they 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 the house shows are down, the attendances are down, the ratings are down. So the more that everything keeps going down, the more all of your favorites are going to be on the chopping block. It's just a part of life. It's a part of business. I'm having a fallout boy moment here. We're going down, down. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, you're not wrong. And and when it came to to top dollar, AJ Francis there, he he did mention that uh, the rest of hit road did call WWE and complain about them letting go of. uh, EFAB. Yeah. They let her, they let her go in the last round and they called and said, Hey, you made a mistake. Because the, the rumor that uh, Cultaholic had put out that was uh, they were they had heat on them and, and uh, apparently something on, along the lines of I don't want to say not liked backstage but created backstage heat when they when they stuck up for one of their own and uh, apparently that's why they were released was because they went to bat they went to bat for her. Yeah, he t- he he mentions that um, in his interview, and he also mentions how they redid the rap song that they came out to because she had, I guess, a major role in it, so it didn't make sense to use the same music anymore. But they didn't have that authorization from the powers that be to redo the song. They also talk about he did a he did a rap song about uh uh what's his name um the Indian guy. Um, gender, gender Mahal. Thank you. But gender Mahal was in the room with him when they actually put the track together. Um, and, and gender tried to tell everybody that there was no problem with that either, but it doesn't really matter. However you want to slice it and dice it. I mean, you know, for that matter, you know, we can use, we can use what I said, which was, had he come to bat with more than $4,000 for the Andre the giant mass two years ago, maybe he would, he would, he would be in Stephanie and, and triple H's graces, but he didn't. So, However you want to slice it and dice it, that fat bastard is gone. Next. Well, you know, there, there are... <laughs> Brutal, Rob. There, there, are, there are unfortunate circumstances to all of it, but uh, I think, Alex, you said it the best. I did now. Why did you, invest in people if you can't? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, my... my thing is in in the case of hit row rob you might have your opinion on them but 
and even if like none of us are the biggest fan of them, they put a lot of effort into presenting them onto the main roster just weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I my thought process is, and and I believe BFAB was released not not even too long after the draft itself. So at that point, why invest this much money and time into them to have the fans invest in them just to release them? Like, and I and I get it. You got to do what you got to do from a business point. But like it, it just gives, in my opinion, people more of a reason to not watch. Well, here's here's one of the reasons behind it. You bring them up to the main roster because if you release them from NXT, as we learned with Scarlet, you only have a 30 day no compete clause. And then you run into an Alistair Black slash Malachi Black. Situation. Exactly. So let's bring them up to the main roster and then let's terminate them because now they have a 90 day no compete clause. They actually get a bump in pay. Like I mentioned, they do get paid for 90 days. But the the main thought process is if we got to release all of these people, Tony Khan can't take everybody. So hopefully out of sight, out of mind, you know, and and they find employment elsewhere. Um, You know, one thing I found out, interestingly enough, um, I didn't realize that Top Dollar was a independent wrestler prior to coming to uh, mm-hmm. WWE. I thought he was someone that they plucked out and put him in NXT and, um, you know, like one of their, their own homegrown kind of guys. Right. I could see, uh, honestly, I could see Hit Row possibly making a move to like Impact Wrestling because also in Impact Wrestling, you have Chris Bay, who's a very similar character to uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And you could almost do like uh, a Hit Row Bullet Club feud. I'd be down for that. Well, that and also if they went to AEW, you could have them go up against the 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 guys who I love the the, tag, the rapping tag team. Oh, the team. the uh, the acclaimed. Yes. Well, they I mean, they got that into guy like seems a beef. To get himself in trouble each and every week, and I love it. I love <laughs> I think, it for it. I think they actually got into a into it on like Twitter or something with Top Dollar just like a week or two ago too. Yeah, I could see them going there and doing That's- that. Um, Either Again, way, I think how I much think this makes it easier now, though, because now they can be picked up as a whole entire unit. Once everybody's 90 days are up, they could be picked up as a whole unit, which I think right now would make more money than picking them up separately. Well, again, the age old question, how much TV time do we have to play with here? <laughs> you know? Right. No, I just mean depending on where they go. Yeah. Yeah. But again, AEW's only got so much TV time. Yeah. That they do. Absolutely. Uh, well, since we've got the fired, who apparently aren't going to make it to Survivor Series, which Rip. is a shame. Let's let's talk about the the Survivor Series card and uh, go through that because there was, in my eyes, not much of a build up. It's very hard in my eyes to, to constantly keep up 12 pay-per-views a year, mm-hmm. such short builds up build-ups for the pay-per-views. Uh, and, and this is a, a prime example because to be honest, I haven't even paid attention to even realize that Survivor Series is tomorrow. Uh, it is what it is. It's just it's not been that good of a build-up aside from the controversy between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. But I mean, even that could have been better too. Just time-wise is is the biggest issue in my eyes when it comes to this. But there's a 
person dual branded battle royal with the participants being AJ Styles, Angel, Angelo Dawkins, Apollo Crews, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Dolph Ziggler, Drew Gulak, Eric, Humberto, Ivar, Jinder Mahal, Mansoor, Montez Ford, Amos, Otis, R-Truth, Ricochet, Robert Rude, Sami Zayn, Shanky, Shelton Benjamin, and T-Bar. I don't think T-Bar. there's any, I don't think there's any sort of winner gets this or winner gets that. I think it's just a bragging white rights for the brand. Uh, out of those names, we'll start with Rob. Who do you think is going to win this? I, <laughs> I don't know, and I'm just glad it's on, not on the DraftKings uh, betting. Um, I, I <laughs> If you were going to do it, I mean, would it make sense to have the two Aziz and, and almost come down to the end because they're the, the largest guys in the room? Um, I mean, other than that, but what happens, what happens if, and obviously we got to have separate, one you know when it comes down to the one and one one's got to be from raw one's got to be from smackdown because if they're both from smackdown or they're both from raw do we have a gentleman's agreement to step out of the ring together or how does that uh typically typically in the past if it's um people that are from the same brand because there was like a battle royal once i think like uh kofi kingston and big show were representing smackdown their last one's left if it's two people from the same brand that brand just wins okay yeah <laughs> it's weird. Okay. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a battle royal. Yeah, yeah I, I think that just got announced like yesterday or the day before. So Al, who you got? Well, looking at the participants, in my opinion, I don't care enough about this match. I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched much leading up to this because the build's been so bad. Um, out of everybody in the match. In my opinion, the only one that makes sense booking wise to win is going to be AJ Styles. I I agreed. I I, I have AJ or uh, Cesaro being the only ones that realistically make sense. So, all right, moving on. The Raw United States Champion Damian Priest, SmackDown's Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. L, we'll start with you. First of all, I'm upset that you didn't announce Shinsuke's name the same way that Rick Boogs does. Well, that's... <laughs> well the scream would have been nice. Uh, moving on, aside from that, um, Shinsuke Nakamura's booking hasn't been the greatest since he's become Intercontinental Champion. It's almost like history's repeating himself because last time Shinsuke became Intercontinental Champion, he barely defended the title and he got put in meaningless matches, feuds that had nothing to do with the title. I don't think he's been booked well enough to win this match, so I'm going to go with Damian Priest. Rob? Yeah, I agree 100%. Damian's got everything behind him right now, and I didn't even realize Shinsuke was the Intercontinental Champion. That's how much he's been off TV. Yeah, I just, I think the push for Damian has been harder than it has been with Shinsuke, so I, I'm saying Damian on this one. The Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. I think this is where, I mean, everything's been seemingly in favor of Raw. 
I think this is one of those matches where you see the Usos lose. And we, we've seen such a strong build of the Usos and Roman Reigns and stuff like that. I think this just becomes like a one-off loss type deal. But I also kind of see it being the start of like a, a, a decline of the stable a little bit. Unless something happens where, you know, a, a certain someone else that's part of that family, but not part of the faction joins in type deal. And this could be a spot where that happens. But for now, I just, I see more of a buildup with the RK bro winning than I do the Uso. So that's, that's where I'm going to, I'm going to go with Alex. Who do you think? Uh, I'm going to actually go the other way. I think the bloodline needs to look strong going into WrestleMania season. I think RK bro can take the loss because they have Orton on their side. So I'm going to go with the Usos winning this one. All right. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I, I, I'm going to go with the Usos winning, but I'm going to go with something wonky's going to happen with to, to, uh, to uh, riddle, uh, riddle. Yeah. They're going to cheat to win, I think. Yeah. But it's got to happen to riddle because he's, okay. he's portrayed as like the dumb one. Mm-hmm. If that's the right word, um, and and he'll take the he'll take the heat on that. Yeah. Okay, all right. Next match, we have the Raw WWE Champion. I guess we're just gonna call him the Raw Champion, Big E, taking on the Universal Champion over on SmackDown, Roman Reigns. We're gonna start with you, Rob. Uh well, I'm gonna go Roman Reigns. Um, now. Like I was telling you guys earlier, WWE has this partnership with DraftKings, and sometimes this leads you down a road of, of how they could be looking at things. Um, but you have to play in this pool, and it's all about Roman Reigns and Big E. So the first question is obviously who's going to win, Roman Reigns or Big E. The next one, they ask you the method of victory. Will he win by pinfall, submission, or DQ? Who's going to have the first pinfall attempt? Um, what others? did they have here uh how many usos will physically interfere in the match so now we know the usos are getting involved how many members of the new day will physically interfere in the match will brock lesnar physically interfere in the match how many spears will successfully be hit by roman reigns uh how many big endings will be successfully hit by Big E? Will a foreign object be used during the match? And then my favorite one to close it out. Will an announcer's table be broken during the match? Oh, well, I mean, that one's an obvious one. Why you got Why you always got to go after the poor little Spanish guys? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns on this one. I think the interference obviously comes. Um, I definitely think Brock Lesnar shows up because we need a little something. Um, I believe if I'm correct, rock is taping young rock in Australia right now. So I don't know that that's an option. So therefore let's whip out Brock Lesnar and, and, you know, obviously set up another, uh, maybe uh, Royal rumble match. And then we get the rock. Speaking of young rock, if you guys want, we did in the, past an interview with brett azar our very only walker did an interview with him which is on our youtube channel perched on the top rope if you want to go pay attention to it that is the first interview we also did a second interview with him that will be coming out shortly boom 
Anyway, um, my opinion, Roman Reigns has not lost with the exception of the DQ loss to Xavier Woods a few weeks ago. Man hasn't lost since 2019. He's not losing this match, unfortunately. Uh, I've got to go with Roman, but there's going to be... There's going to be something after the match. This is going to be the match that closes out the show, I think. Um, there's going to be something that happens after the match because at every big pay-per-view that Roman has won at, someone else new has shown up after he's won, um, whether it's Brock coming back, obviously, unless they find some way to hugely surprise everybody and it's The Rock. Um, I don't see that either, but there's there's something. There's something coming. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it's going to set up Royal Rumble season. But um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't see Rome and I don't see Biggie winning. Unfortunately, he's still going to look strong in the end. Um, something's going to happen after the match. It's going to set up Royal Rumble season. Yeah, and I think uh, it's just too early to have the Rock come. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like you said, he's filming in Australia. Yeah, that's it's going to close out. I'm just reading out of order. It, it this match should close it out, and I feel like when it does, it's going to be like uh, an even amount for like Raw and SmackDown. It's like the the the, the, the deciding match type deal. Um, however, next we have what has been probably had the best build up for any thing for Survivor Series, which has been Becky Lynch as the Raw Women's Champion against Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. We talked about this controversy on a couple shows ago with Charlotte Flair going into business for herself when they had to trade off the belt, which was pretty wild, uh, especially after the things we heard with Vince McMahon calling and telling her uh, what she shouldn't do, which was go see her boyfriend, the next town over at AEW, but uh, also that she was escorted off of the uh, property by security. I can't predict this match. I want to say Charlotte does not want to lose, but I know Becky doesn't want to lose too. I'm a little curious. Will one go into business for themselves? Uh, We've heard in the past that Charlotte Flair's contract might be up soon, but we also, no one's been able to actually confirm the date or anything as far as from what I've seen. I've been able to see contracts of Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Kevin Owen, Sami Zayn, not Charlotte. Those are all coming up soon, those ones. The rumor is Charlotte is also soon, but don't know. I'm going to take a stance right now and say uh, no contest. But I'm going to let you two give your predictions. Um, This one's a hard one for me, just like you. Not only is it hard to determine based on the fact that neither of them is probably going to want to lose, that they're both huge stars. It's also hard to tell because... Like it's we got it. We have a heel versus heel match, which is weird to me. I mean, we have some other face versus face matches, but this one's just hard, in my opinion. Um, I have a feeling with her Becky Lynch most recently turning heel and then wanting to build her that they will probably have her win the match. But my biggest worry about her winning the match is that we're almost slowly turning her back into a being a baby face again because most of the fans are behind Becky in this match. 
And I feel like that might almost do exactly what happened in 2018 to her where they turned her heel and then the crowd support just turned her back into a baby face. So uh, I personally, I'd like to see Charlotte win the match. I think this is one of those, you don't want to be the agent. I'd love to know who the agent is for this um, that has to go through this with them because neither one of them want to lose. I think it's going to be very stiff. I wouldn't be surprised if one breaks another's nose somehow. But since neither one of them wants to lose, if we had to book a finish, what about getting Liv involved to kind of screw around with Becky? You get a DQ. Neither one of them take a loss because the DQ will just you know, squash the whole thing. And that sets up obviously Becky and Liv. And we really don't ever have a, a finale to Charlotte and, and Becky, which ultimately down the road, if they can squash their differences, because right now, you know, Lee, we started the show talking about big event and that big event was Ric Flair. Ric Flair was actually telling people other talent, Bully Ray, guys like that, that there is le- uh, legit problems with Charlotte and Becky and and that if Becky wants to go into business for herself, Charlotte will break her in half legit on the show. So that'll be fun. I, you know, that, that, that's, that's the only reason I'm throwing the live thing out there is because, and we've seen, we've seen Charlotte get into a shoot, if you will, with Nia Jax not too long ago. So you know, I, I, I don't think Becky wants to do that with someone who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, the old saying, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. Someone could legit lose an eye on this one. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out Sunday. We're going to find out Sunday. So I guess I'm the only one that picked an actual winner on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, went, I went with a split because I don't know how you yeah. do the, Well, the DQ would give the win to Charlotte, I guess, if, 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 she, if she screws over Becky. So. Well, unless Liv and Tony Storm both get involved because Tony's got like some sort of thing going on with Charlotte on SmackDown. So maybe they both get involved and jump the ring, something like that. Something. Something to keep both of the, the, the two girls strong. Works for me. Now we come down to the final two matches, which are the traditional Survivor Series matches. We'll do the women's first. We have Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. Taking on Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm now in the match. I'm going to go Team SmackDown because I think this is going to be more of a veteran-esque kind of win with the remaining members being like Sasha and Shayna, maybe Natty. Uh, Team Raw is more on the younger side when it comes to that. So I'm I'm going to go with SmackDown. Uh, Rob, how about you? I'm going to go with SmackDown, too. I don't think Raw... Raw's got too many uh, women on that side that, that just don't get along, you know, storyline-wise. So I think that could that could play a factor. My one question is, where the heck is Tamina, and why isn't Natty and Tamina together on SmackDown? Yeah, there Because is, I know Tamina's been there. They're, uh, I think they're on separate brands now. I think they got split up during the draft. Did they? Like. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think Tamina... I think Tamina's on Raw now. 
Okay. I knew I saw her. I just don't remember what I was watching when I saw her. But yeah, okay, then that I'm, makes more sense. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's on Raw, and I think they got split up during the draft. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna round this out at a three and zero, and I'm also gonna go with Team SmackDown mainly because um, you have a little more star power on that side, a little more veteran aspect. Sasha, Shayna, um, Natty, like you guys said, I think that gives them the edge there. I do have something to say about this match, but I'm gonna talk about it when we talk about the next match because it applies to both of them. Yeah. Um... Well, Team SmackDown for perched on the top rope it is. Now we come to the men's. Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Taking on Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. Rob, I'll let you go first. I'm going to save L for last on this one only because we got to do 50 50 booking because that's how wwe wwe is it uh i'll go raw all right and uh yes tamina is on raw natty is smackdown they were they were one of the four teams that were split up i'm gonna say team raw as well i i just bigger names that that's really it uh, Alex, I know you have something you want to say that involves this. So the floor is yours, the adorable one. So before I make my prediction, these two Survivor Series matches, the five versus five, um, they've had some bad setups and bad bookings in the past to set up these matches, but none worse than this year. Both teams were originally announced on social freaking media of all places like over like it was i think it was like on like a like a saturday or something it was like when when there was not like a day that didn't have any wrestling at all and i feel like it was also on a day where nobody was really paying attention to social media because i found it out i think like a day later um and then they spent the entire next two weeks changing the goddamn teams (laughs) both of them they they had somebody win a match and then take them off the team we've got adam pierce like in the middle of this weird heel turn where he's getting like turned on by taking people off of the teams uh he's got like some mini feud with the mysterio this has been more about sonia deville and adam pierce than actual brand supremacy because and when they first made the changes to team raw they Adam Pierce said he wanted Team Raw to take home the victory, but then he's over here trying to build up Team SmackDown because he's also in charge of that, but he wants Raw to win, but SmackDown and like, what the hell? This is yeah, I, rem- I remember that post that you're talking about with the teams and I was like, what? how did, it just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've taken out both of the Mysterios. We have taken out um, Aaliyah from Team SmackDown. Replaced by Tony Storm. We have taken out Sami Zayn out of Team SmackDown. That's that's four four people between both matches that got removed after you put them on social media. Why not just make the build up on TV? Well, you know what the problem is. Uh, one of the things is they put that out there, and it gets people talking. And depending on how they're leaning, 
that's why you've seen guys get removed. For example, like with the Mysterios, people may say, well, I don't, that, that's stupid. I don't think Dominic and Ray should be in this match. And it gets back to the, the powers that be. And okay, so we're just going to remove them. Now, it doesn't make any sense why we're removing them. Because like you said, Adam Pierce has his, you know, on again, off again relationships with people. He likes this guy. He doesn't like this guy. Sonya likes this guy. She doesn't like this guy. And they're just... You know, it, it, I don't know if it's going to lead to something down the road, but, uh, you know, it, it, really, I, I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense. I really enjoyed Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville being the authority people like months ago earlier at the beginning of this year because they were very neutral, very down the middle. Even Sonya was when she came back. And WWE can't help themselves, but WWE and have to turn them heel and have to make them heel authority figures because it's 2021 and we still need to do that. We've been doing it basically since the Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff characters became popular in the nineties. And we still almost 30 years later, still need to be making authority figures, bad guys, even though everybody's over it. And it just, it's, that's what this whole match has been about. Uh, so honestly, I don't care who wins, but with the star power showing on team raw, I'm also going to go with them. Yeah, you know, they, they've always, it, it's been very few leaders that have been faced, like Stone Cold, Mick Foley, Gorilla Shane, Monsoon, Shane McMahon at one point, but then they he even, also played a heel later on. They even turned Teddy Long heel for a short amount of time at one point. Yeah. Had like a so mini I mean, issue with The Undertaker. Vicky Guerrero played the heel. So, I mean, it's always. They can't help themselves. Well, I mean, how 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 many of us go into work and hate our bosses? So, I mean, I think they're trying to like play that with like the everyday working class hates their boss. Let's play him as let's play our boss as a bad guy too. I get that, but no one cares about that in wrestling anymore. It's actually one of the more annoying things that fans find these days. No, nah, because like it's the only company that still has like the author- authoritative mm-hmm. figures like still walking out and, and saying something or doing something type. Get rid of it. Get them yeah. out of here. Uh, one thing that was interesting this week, Corey Graves wins the 24-7 championship and then later tweets out that he would like to wrestle again. I've been waiting for this for years. Could this be a reality alex we'll start with you i hope so uh i've been watching nxt back since it converted from being a game show that was very very bad to being the nxt that we knew up until a couple months ago (laughs) um so i watched Corey graves wrestle i watched him win championships he was a very good character he was a really good heel he came up with the the boys from the shield like he he was part of that first group of NXT wrestlers that came in. And I think his character was pretty solid. Obviously, it probably wouldn't be the same character now after years of being on commentary if he came back. Vince would find something weird for it to be. I'm down for it. Man's good on the microphone. He was good in the writing when uh, I used to watch him. I'm down for it. I mean, they, they let him take that spot. So, Rob, what do you think? You think we could see Corey Graves back in the ring? Anything's possible. Uh, It's really going to depend on his medical. Nowadays, WWE finds every, you know, every reason to keep you on the bench. Um, And if you're Corey Graves, you really have to think about it like this. He's got a a solid, solid footing 
with the commentating. The way we're watching talent come and go and get tossed and fired left and right. Would you really want to throw your hat in that? Or, you know, would you rather just sit back and go, listen, I've got it made right here. You know, John Madden, John Madden, longtime commentator for, for the NFL. Everybody knows him as Madden football. Uh, but John Madden was, was phenomenal in the booth. But he was also a head coach. But once John Madden became John Madden in the booth, he didn't want to go back to coaching. And there was no amount of money in the world that was going to make him go back to coaching because at the end of the day, he could be fired as a head coach, but he knew his bread was buttered as a, as an, as a commentator with Pat Summerall. I think, you know, uh, Corey really has to think long and hard about that. That's a good way of putting that actually. That's a a really good way of putting it. And, And I'm glad that you said it that way because Johnny Gargano, as we were talking about contracts earlier, he's the first one to have a contract come up aside, you know, the possibility of Charlotte. His contract ends December 3rd in NXT. And as of yesterday, he has not signed another contract. Alex, I'll start with you. You just had eight wrestlers on the main roster get released. Do you re-sign with the company? knowing that the risk is even greater of getting released or do you take your chances out in the wild? Um, this one's a little tricky for me because they've always been really good to Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano has always been pretty good to them. However, I don't think Gargano is really ever going to want to take a step onto the main roster just after, you know, he's probably seen more of his peers come and go than anybody with the exception of maybe Ciampa or like, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens coming from the NXT system too. Some, you know, those guys. Um, If I'm Johnny Gargano, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, the main roster doesn't have anything for me. The NXT that I grew up through and knew doesn't have anything for me anymore because I really don't like the feel of it. I'm not saying that's how he feels, but it is possible. Um, If I'm Gargano, I'd leave. I'd see what else is out there for me and, if it doesn't go well and WWE will accept me back one day, you come back. Rob, what do you think? I think it, 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 there's going to be a couple factors that you got to think about. Number one, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on what they're offering, um, you know, maybe you take the easy way out and stay with WWE. I think that if he does play this dangerous game of, of looking elsewhere, um, you know, don't forget your wife could be soon on the chopping block. Uh, if you want to play games with us, retaliation is a bitch and it, and it runs rampant in WWE. So, um, that's something else he needs to consider. Um, but again, money, money is going to play a huge factor. The other thing that's going to play a huge factor. And we say it every single time we even said it earlier in the show, there's only so much, room to go around now with WWE releasing hundreds and hundreds of talent, you know, impact's going to fill up shortly. Uh, AEW's filled up. Uh, MLW has their roster. Um, New Japan is an option, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think we're getting down to the point where some of these guys are going to have to wind up sticking around 
even if it is against their will. And Johnny actually has, you know, something to play for because, like I mentioned, if he if he does decide to look elsewhere, they will cut his wife. Yeah, and another thing to play off of what you said about the money, Rob, that he's got to think about in that situation too is him and Candace have a baby on the way too. That's that's, gonna, that's currently why she's out of action. She's pregnant. Um, that's why she hasn't been wrestling. And so I think that alone, her being pregnant almost takes new Japan out of the equation because she's, if he's going to go there, he's going to want to bring her. And if she's pregnant, she's not going to be wanting to fly. Yeah. Unless, you know, he, he just goes on his own and then just comes back type deal. But, you know, even then there, there are, when you travel outside of the country, we still have those travel restrictions and everything. Mm -hmm. So like, he has to quarantine and like not be around her when he comes back. Like, is that going to really be something realistically that happens for new Japan? Um, right. Out of all the release talent we've seen, we've really only seen two people show up in new Japan, yeah. buddy, buddy Matthews and Bronson Reed. And, and speaking and, of the quarantining, when you do go to Japan, you have to stay there 14 days prior to, to even leaving to go. Wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of things that factor in, in with that. But, you know, the other side of it, too, is we have to look at the fact that Ring of Honor just let everybody go also. So, mm-hmm. like, you don't you have other companies, you know, letting people go. And mm-hmm. WWE alone in 2021 has let go of now over 70 wrestlers. That's a whole more than a whole roster for a wrestling company. Yeah. Then you have then you have Ring of Honor letting people go. That also makes them not an option for anybody to go to anymore either. Yeah, so realistically, we have to look at this as there's more talent than companies to go to. Um, Prime example, Fandango is wrestling on the independents as Dirty Dango, but he's also a construction worker now, just a carpenter. You know, not everyone's going to get picked up. and, And we're now starting to see as more and more talent get released, where are they going? Some of them are just retiring at this point. Yeah, you know, um, and this is something great that like Kevin Nash has brought up in an interview where he he talked about the acting world where there's Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Google, like have all these streaming services, but you still have cable and HBO and all these different channels and stuff like that. It creates more room for other actors and actresses but it also creates more room for others who aren't in that realm like a Kevin Nash to do a guest appearance with all these different streaming services. And now all these new shows and more shows and more movies that are able to come out because of these services An appearance for someone say like a Nash goes down. So now you have an influx of all these wrestlers that are released Now you're trying to compete to get a spot on an independent promotion. Now you have, say, over 100 wrestlers within this amount of year that have been let go from everywhere else besides WWE. Now you're all trying to compete price-wise just to to butter your bread. Right. And that's where a huge problem is going to come in, too, because if, if the three of us all get released at the same time and we're all fighting for that independent show, you, you know tell a friend, tell a phone, tell a wrestler, you're going to know how much each person is charging. And there's going to be several talents that are going to start undercutting people when times get tight. 
And, you know, if we're all necessarily getting $2,000 in appearance, you know, some of us might take a thousand. Some of us might take 500. Some of us might try and get a triple shot in a weekend, Eric Sims. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, you know, it, 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 it's going to get to a point where it's going to drive every, all of these releases are going to drive the value of these talents down. And, and Rob, I, I asked this to you before in a, a previous show. Al, you weren't on. We haven't, this is the first show we've done in weeks where we've all been together. Right. Rob, the question was, is wrestling in a resurgence or are we headed back to a great depression of pro wrestling? I think it's both. I think it's a great, it's going to be a great depression for the talents. Um, You know, money is going to become real tight, real fast. But I also think it's a resurgence in the sense that these companies that we're watching um, outside of WWE, let's put WWE aside for a second, because they're always going to be the anomaly that people are going to watch no matter what. But AEW is coming on strong. Um, Impact coming on very strong. Um, You know, I know now with the inspiration, I've started to watch Impact a lot more. Um, You know, as you get some of these favorites that that fans have and they end up in different areas if used correctly um i think it, it's creating a resurgence for uh the companies but a depression for all of those like you just said 70 something wwe guys got released ring of honor just lost their entire company um and and speaking of which like jay lethal who was at ring who was one of ring of honor's best just signed with AEW. so now you've got all these guys that are competing um, you know, and if you don't take the offer that I give you, you know, someone else will, uh, it, it, it's going to come down to that. So I think it's a little bit of both now. Well, not to mention too, you've got in the next, uh, in the next one to three years, depending on the length of their contracts too, you have AEW contracts that are starting to come up to an end too. They've been around long enough to, uh, most of these guys, from my understanding, signed three to five year contracts. Um, and you've got some of those guys who some of them might not stay there, not because they don't like it. Just, I know there's some talent that they have there that haven't made it onto TV as much. You've got people like Joey Janela, his contract is coming up, um, within the next two years, MJF's contract starts to come up and Tony Khan's already said that there might be a bidding war with him. So you've got, you've got AEW talent whose contracts are starting to come to an end too, and they might look for elsewhere too. So there's, there's going to be a lot of people on the free market. Yeah. And one of the interesting things, Al, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to talk about that, especially with MJF. Uh, Joey Janela's contract ends in 2023, I believe. Uh Um, But I also saw like a a meme posted today. um, One of the wrestling groups on Facebook. And it was wrestlers who haven't appeared on TV in AEW, like the longest stretch. Joey Janelle is on there. I believe it's been 282 days or he was like in the three hundreds. Another one is Sonny kiss mm-hmm. 385 days has not been televised. I think his last uh, televised appearance on AEW was when he lost to Kenny Omega in the AEW uh, qualifier tournament last year before Kenny won the title. Yeah, so a lot of fans are actually paying attention to like these stats. And you guys know I love numbers. I love that stuff. <laughs> so so to hear like someone like Sonny Kiss hasn't been on TV in 385 days. Joey Janela, it was either in the 300s or he was 282. But there was like a list. There was like five or six 
great talents that they have not put on TV. Yes, they've been used on Dark and Dark Elevation and those shows, but those are YouTube shows. Like they don't, that's not TV. Um, so I found that interesting. And then like bringing up the contracts, like Joey Janela, he's one that's on the chopping block. What will he do? Will he go somewhere else and take the risk or stay in the comfort zone and still collect the paycheck? Will it, he even be offered a contract? Is a better that, question. That that too, because AEW now has like an influx of like 130 wrestlers plus. That's between all the different shows that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you brought up MJF and, and the fact that it's a bidding war, it looks like he's going into a feud with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And he had just done a, a promo and I it, I thought it was great. And he admitted, like, and it is my con when my contract's up. I'm going wherever I want to go because I'm going where the money is. He's going to be the bidding war, but here's the thing that I'm going to ask the both of you when it comes to that. You've heard, we've, we've all heard how MJF talks, whether it's in AEW, Alex, or as you know, when I interviewed him, <laughs> at, when he had just signed his contract with AEW, referring to me as a fat bastard i'm not fat. <laughs> what the hell like I'm, I'm not like so it was i laughed yeah or uh, eight... the, the conversation ahead. the conversation i had with him at excite wrestling after oh, making uh, fun of fans yeah yeah he was making fun of fans because there was uh one of one of the the talents at excite need there was like a mystery partner for a tag team match like he had like a mystery tag team partner for the match and it ended up being brian pillman jr and some of the fans did not understand that this was brian pillman's son and not the brian pillman that passed away and i was talking to ethan page and mjf over at the side because i'd like want to get a, a drink of water and mjf looked at me and he goes you think these fucking idiots know that this isn't his dad and then he's fucking dead <laughs> It's a, it's, that's that's mjf it's a true story that that all happened so here's my question guys 2024 mjf contracts up and he goes to wwe mm. alex rob with mjf's mouth we know how mouthy is in the cursing i'll go to you first rob because former wwe writer can WWE use him properly? No. No, and that's why I don't think it's going to be as big of a bidding war as... as I mean, they, they can get into a bidding war, but if he's smart, he'll stay with AEW. Only from the standpoint of the minute he comes over to WWE, they're going to sit him down. And I mean, once he's signed, because this is not going to be in discussions. In the discussions, in the negotiations, they're going to tell him, we're going to turn you loose. You could do whatever the heck you want. Facts are facts. WWE is a publicly traded company, and he's beyond Stone Cold and and rock and anything rock and stone cold ever said back in the day he he's multiplied it by a a, a billion um you know calling his his family trash and his mother a whore and all this stuff that's gonna go right out the window and you might as well stick uh a standards and practices guy uh attached to his hip because he's never ever ever going to get away with any of that in wwe that's that's a fact that's just a straight up fact um the guy is money he's gold to a to a, a writer uh like myself the things that i could do with that kid 
uh, in WWE would be, but I, I would need the handcuffs off. I, I wouldn't be able to do it if, if it, you know, with the way things are right now, I would not be able to do it because every single thing we would want to do and where we would want to take him, the, I, I could just see the steam coming out of Vince's head, um, you know, with the ideas and just going, you know, that ain't going to work, pal. And I would get red marked every single piece of paper that, that we had written. It just it just wouldn't work. Somebody call Gallon. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got a new job for you. Um, yeah, no, it, it just definitely it it will be a bidding war and and MJF. And here's the other problem. And here's the other problem. Um, and you guys have met him and seen him. Um, I met him when we went up to Jacksonville when we were with um, Yuji Nagata for for AEW up in Jacksonville. He's not a big guy. He's not a big guy at all. I mean, I stood up. We were sitting down at a table. I stood up to shake his hand, and I think I was taller than him. So he's not a big guy. Um, and that being said, when you go to WWE, they like big guys, at least from a height perspective. The kid can talk his way into anything and everything, but he, at the end of the day, I can't put seven inches on him. You know, so that's going to be a huge factor with WWE as well. But, you know, Bless his heart for running his mouth the way he does and thinking that there's going to be a bigger bidding war than there actually is going to be. Yeah, um, and I think Tony Khan actually hit it right on the head when he was talking about this bidding war that's going to come up is that, uh, yes, he thinks there will be a bidding war because obviously MJF's the type of guy that's going to go after the money. But in the end, are are you really signing a contract with Vince if you go to WWE? Or as Tony Khan said, are you signing a short-term arrangement? Cause that's kind of what most of these talents are signing at this point. Anyways, it's, here's a short-term arrangement. You're, uh, you're supposedly going to be with us for five years, but we're really only going to keep you for three months and then you can't work anywhere for another three months. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Will there be a bidding war? Yes, I believe so. I think WWE is going to at least make the attempt uh, to try and get him so they can mold him into whatever they want. Do I think he's going? No, I think he's going to stay with AEW because I think before 2024 comes around, I think he's going to be world champion. If he's smart, this is one last thing I'm going to add on that. If he's smart, he will use Vince to leverage AEW Mm -hmm. and their money. Absolutely. That's the only thing you use WWE for is leverage against AEW because he, he doesn't belong in WWE. I mean, that's the same thing Orton did last year when his contract was starting to come up with WWE. He used AEW as leverage to get a higher contract with Vince. Yeah. Anybody yeah. who's who's in these, the, who who is high up there is mm-hmm. going to do that one versus the other. Oh, yeah. yeah. For all we know, that's what Kevin Owens is doing right now. Johnny Gargano could be doing yeah. the same thing right now. I've, I've got to imagine whether you're, you've already made your mind up as to whether you're going or not. You're still going to leverage the two companies against each other to see what the best offer is, obviously. Well, and here's the, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. And, and here's the thing, like when we talked earlier with, with Gargano, if he would be willing to leave or not, you just hit the nail with Rob Vince likes big guys. Cole left. Cole mm-hmm. is only five foot four and 162 pounds. I had a fan argue with me that he's five foot nine. I was like, no, I'm five foot nine. And here's a photo of us together. I've got like five inches on the kid. Mm-hmm. The kid. 
I'm older than him, so I can. Yeah, call I guess him you kid. can call him a kid. So I was sitting there, and the, the fan was arguing with me. He's five nine. He's five nine. I'm going. I'm telling you, he's five four. I showed the photo because I've I met Adam Cole at in in Albany, New York. If Adam resigned and went to the main roster, I don't know where he would fit or how he would be a good fit. And now that I'm realizing, like with Gargano. I'm kind of in the same thing. How is he going to fit on the main roster with his size? The only person that is that size and has been able to sustain themselves on the main roster as long as they have has been Kofi Kingston. Well, or Rey Mysterio. Rey's a legend. That's yeah. like a hard yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's different, you I know. guess. Um, but yeah, you're right. Kofi's the only one. He's the only one that's Woods. been able. Xavier, he has he 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 is not a tall guy. I think either. there. I think that lege- longevity came out of them all being in the, the group together, yeah. though. Yeah, and, but, but but I mean, he's got the muscle. Kofi is just a board. No. Yeah. His, Cole his, is no offense to him, board. but his chest is literally turning into a board. You know. <laughs> so I mean, like they're they're the smaller than smaller than HBK is like kind of where I'm referring to where like yeah. you would, you would look at them and ba- solely based off looks and not critiquing anything else. You would say, okay, that's someone who is regulated to two Oh five, but we know Gargano has skill. We knew Cole had skill. We know Kofi has skill, but we're at, we're at a day and an age now where Vince is going back to those bigger guys. Look at Steiner's kid. He's already pushed to the, to the main spot in nxt with you know having the match against tomaso and right away being pushed right into the main event scene in nxt yeah typically if you're a bigger size you have a 33 and a half thirds percent chance of doing better on the main roster (laughs) (laughs) and that's always just been the case i mean you know and 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 it's and it's a realistic thing too because i can remember back being in tna being over at TNA in Orlando, my dad had come with me and we were hanging with Kevin Nash and we had gone to the show and Nash was feuding with AJ Styles and AJ is not a big guy either. And my dad wound up asking Kevin, how am I supposed to believe that the guy that's no bigger than him and he points at me can beat up a guy that's as big as you? And Kevin said, it's the power of make-believe in wrestling. And, he, and my dad looked at him square in the face and said, that's just stupid because that's not real. And I think that's the mentality that Vince has always had is I can't, be- I can't wrap my brain around the fact that a small guy who's 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, like uh, Adam Cole could ever come close to beating a Randy Orton or um, a Brock Lesnar, or a Roman Reigns, or guys like that. It just, it, it just doesn't make sense, no matter how much disbelief you want to suspend. It just doesn't make sense. And that was always Rey Mysterio's problem, despite being a legend. Um, you know, the minute he got wandarded uh, into the trailer during the NWO days, he lost all of his credibility. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything that you take away from today's episode of Perched on the Top Rope, 
it's Size Matters. L, <laughs> tell everyone where to find us. <laughs> Sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say use steroids, but uh, you, 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 want, you want a completely different way than I thought you were. Well, going. Al, in fairness, steroids still won't give you the seven inches in height. It may give you the seven inches in girth, but not in height. Yeah. And at the end of the day, unless we can figure out how to wrestle in Frankenstein shoes, um, you know, that's the only thing that's going to give you those seven inches. You know, those goth shoes that the people have that the heels are like that big, the whole sole of the shoe. Christ. On that note, if you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us at Perch on the Top Rope on our Facebook and YouTube pages by the same name. You can also find us anywhere where podcasts are available. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Perch Top Rope, and you can find us at Perch on the Top Rope on our TikTok channel. Lee? Spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. We're out. Hey, um, Alex, one thing I wanted to mention to you. Mm-hmm.